Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Big Interview Q&A show. I'm Neil White. With me today, Graham Hunter, host of the Big Interview, and our guest for these shows, La Liga TV's resident jester, Pete Jensen. We have questions, as always, from our socios who support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. And we're going to begin by saying a special hello to some new socios. Yeah, Neil, I make a big fuss every week when I read the column about how important it is to have people out there listening. Um, I'm not sure if the people out there listening agree with me about how important the whole process is. But nonetheless, welcome in to Liam G. Kelvin Brown, who's on uh, La Liga television every Wednesday um, at the moment. James Cosgrove and John Campbell. Um, Pete would agree with me. Um, We have fun when we just sort of ramble and chitter-chatter about football in general. But when we're doing it with you, it's so much better. Double the fun. Last night's... Classico semi-final first leg of the Copa del Rey, which finished Real Madrid nil Barcelona one. So I'm going to pile in a couple of um, fast questions from the guys who were watching last night, um, all at once, and then I think we can maybe just get onto a discussion about the game in general. They're all kind of around a the theme. Socio Alan Canning says, Graham and Pete, it seems like the art of defending is a relic of a bygone age, but I was impressed with how Barca shot out Real Madrid. Their style has evolved. But can both of you talk about the defensive leaps under Xavi this season? And then to that, I shall add Terry Hassett on Twitter, who asks, has Xavi performed above expectations with this current Barcelona squad? It looks a bit poorly assembled to me. And then um, host Neil White from Backpage was mightily impressed with Ronald Araco last night. And Graham, I want to remind you that many moons ago on this very podcast, you kind of called this, you said that the future of Classicos was going to be Araujo versus Vinicius. And I do think that that was the, uh, the sort of um, the title fight on last night's card. So defence, Araujo, Xavi, maybe performing above par or below par, golf fans. Um, where do you want to begin with last night's game? Well, let's, let's begin with pedantry. Um... When you listen to anybody from the UK commentating on Barcelona matches in the Europa League or whatever it might be, there are. It's as if our Uruguayan friend um, was a product of Heinz and their ketchup, and it, it's because there's 57 different varieties of pronunciation. And we're going to set a marker here, Mr. Canning, Mr. Hassett, Mr. White, Araujo. You're closer than anybody I've heard commentating 
um, on television. So let, let's let's all do it once from the top. Araujo. Araujo, no? Araujo. Nelinho. You're the one I was waiting for. Um, Terry in in southern Brazil, if I'm not wrong. I don't know where Mr. Canning is. We'll be celebrating that one like nobody's business. So the question again was, do they defend better? How does Araujo go? It's 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 an odd one um, because um, Araujo, for starters, is emblematic of the... He's very good individually, but he's emblematic of what Xavi's trying to do to Football Club Barcelona because he's made them much more ferocious and competitive and committed. I thought, for example, the gap in where Manchester United have got to and where Barcelona have got to, partially explained by the fact that uh, Manchester United have spent far more money, have spent far longer in rebuilding and have got several extremely good footballers. I thought the gap between the sides probably wasn't reflected by the overall scoreline in that tie being 4-3. I think 4-3 is right, admittedly. But uh, the attitude that Arojo um, emblemizes was something that made the tie tighter in terms of when Manchester United were wholly on top at camp now and then kept them kept them in it a little bit and, 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 and quietened Rashford in the second leg. And this applies to the the Bernabeu match in, in the Copa semi-final because although Araujo gets about a 9 out of 10 for the man-marking job that he did on Vinicius, his spirit, and, and people have compared him a lot to, he's nothing like uh, Puyol in, in attitude or, you know, physically, there's, there's, a, there's a huge disparity in both physical size and height. But Puyol represented something that is, is much, much missed um, at, amongst Barcelona fans, which is this ferocious physical and athletic uh, will to impose yourself. Um, in any given situation. And while individually this Uruguayan youngster who came up through, you know, Pete's been over in South America much more than me, he came up through, I think, uh, and Terry will know about it too, called baby football. And baby football is, is something whereby you, you would want a child protection agency involved if, if this was taking place in Britain because it's from about the, 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 the age you can totter around four or five, <laughs> we get these youngsters kicking lumps out of each other and being told by their dads more than the mums, don't come back with a defeat. And that breeds into you from a very young age, this like complete horror of losing any individual battle and never mind losing a match. And therefore, with Vinicius snuffed out, because unlike the game against Manchester United at Camp Now, where a simple move by Ten Hag to shift Rashford away from what Javi had presumed would be his left wing beat, leaving Araujo looking out of position at right back, distinctly so. Um, this really began, I think this began in the last goal of last season, Neil, where Barcelona won 4-0, and there were slight similarities uh, to last night in that um, Madrid played a very high line that day. Modric was if not a centre-forward, he was in that very advanced midfield role where you could you could 
sometimes look for like a centre forward and, and some of the pressing was led by Modric. Last night, that element was a little bit more successful. They weren't unzipped quite as badly as they were exa- almost exactly a year ago on the 20th, I think it was, um, because Aubameyang wasn't playing all his, his extraordinary pace. It was a it was a fuller Barca at 11 that day. But there were similar elements because Ferran Torres, a year ago, played really well, did so last night in, in a very solitary beat for a guy who's not been playing a lot of football, supplied the assist, but all over the pitch. What Araujo's attitude um, did was was it was just contagious. Every single Barcelona player fought for every 50-50 ball, every second ball, every third ball. They challenged aerially. They sprinted in a way that made the it, it was it was completely unrecognisable from the performance at Almeria. And as both of the socios who sent in questions um, will have appreciated, there was an Absolutely, the, the defensive mindset wasn't ten men behind the ball. It was simply uh, find a colleague, help them out, win the ball, attempt to build. But when it comes back straight back at you, don't be tired. Be mentally ready. And they defended heroically, but they it was a defensive attitude and an attitude towards possession, which. Frankly, in all my years of watching Glasgow's at the Bernabeu, I, I don't think I've ever seen. Just before, Pete, we go to you um, for your thoughts on, on maybe the defensive progress uh football club Barcelona. Graham, can I just get one more thing about our um, accurately pronounced your grand friend? On his, on his, you mentioned the baby football. I'm interested um, with, as you know, I've got a bit of an obsession about, about sort of recruitment and transfer stories. I'm interested in what happened between baby football and Barcelona. Am I was he a striker? Like, in the, it doesn't seem like he had much time in Uruguayan football before Barcelona. So, how how did they get their hands on him? Yeah, as a kid, um, he, he was a striker, and in the only long interview I've done with him, he talked about um, being pretty keen to reproduce that again one day. He 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 did not think about it as you know mimicking Gerard Piquet, where it would be sufficient for him. Um, Araujo in in extremist games where Barcelona are losing to be up front for the last eight minutes. He actually said, you know, he, he was what happened was he played as an out and out striker. Loved the feeling of scoring goals. Felt very comfortable in and around the opposition penalty area. But but as he grew physically, he was gradually moved back to the pitch, and he'd played right back and centre half. And the thing that that happened to him when he came to um, Camp Nou, he was put into the squad for the B team. And much like um, Arnaud Riera, beloved uh, Fokker, um, when he, when he started doing the rondos in training, he just thought, this is, this is a waste of my time. I'm, I'm, I'm completely seven universes behind these players. I'm not going to make it. And he went out and, jousted his demons by playing this in in the film take the ball passable you, you'll remember um that we're in qatar with chavi and there's something called a football knot um which uh, naut i don't know where it comes from but it's like a robot that a massive uh cage with um lights over square panels that are open and other panels that are closed 
and it's supposed to be like uh, I suppose it's like what is it called bash a mole where you you know you've got the hammer and you've got to bash the mole wherever it comes up and this was a, a passing machine whereby the ball is fired at you you have to control it turn and find where the light is blinking at you it could be behind you left right in front of you it could be at slightly elevated or it could be on the ground and you have to pass the ball through the hole to, to score points and there's a vaguely similar machine installed at Barcelona's training ground in Arojo spent a lot of time using that and developing his, his touches, his passing skills. And during the the Cumin regime, it, it became evident that they had a, an extremely willing, if slightly raw soldier who needed to be promoted. And Xavi has worked upon his his confidence, his um, his positional sense, and gradually he's becoming uh, genuinely extraordinary. Um, I think that because there's so much said about Pedri and Gabby, in both cases deservedly, I think it's under-publicised, under-reviewed, that Araujo is at or around. In that three, there'll be days when he's Barcelona's most important, most impressive footballer, clearly in a completely different way from those two youngsters. But he's genuinely extraordinary and and. I guess he's 24, I think. And um, he was playing for Uruguay, I think, age 17 or 18. Um, so this is a guy, and you meet him, and he's extremely, um, it's too strong, but he's not a bullish, aggressive man. He, he's, he loves talking about football, and he is extremely nice to to get to know because he's willing to, to go a long way with you in a conversation. And um, last night, he, he he might not have been the most spectacular player. Pro- probably Koundé stole the the centre stage role in a lot of his interventions from centre-half, particularly given that he's not a, a tall man, Koundé. But Araujo, if you, if you go a comparison between task given and degree of task completed, he would be probably Barcelona's number one player. Okay, Pete, can you pick up there on the on the defensive side of Barcelona? I mean, they're racking up some absolutely phenomenal numbers defensively across the season. But what's uh, what what's the kind of progress in that front that you've noticed? I think just it's Xavi's pragmatism. Um, you know, we know how he, he wants to play, but I think he's also aware of uh, the limitations of the squad, decimated by injuries. And the, the impressive thing last night wasn't just Araujo and, and Kunde, it was the way that they were protected. I, I thought I thought Rafinha and Gavi both did jobs uh, um, from wide areas, playing in front of full-backs. I thought De Jong was immense as well, De Jong was immense as well um, protecting the defenders. Marco Alonso, Marcos Alonso has been a revelation, far better, than we th- far better and far more useful than we thought he would be. Um, but he does have this, these two sensational young defenders. I mean, talking about baby football, if baby football were played in Europe, then all the kids would be would be dressed like they'd just been sent out on rollerblades for the first time. You know, they'd have the arm, pan, arm, ba- arm pads and the knee pads and the helmets and the, the pitch would be padded around the side and that. The posts would be padded. Um, so, and couldn't, and couldn't they, I, I don't think um, just talking after the event by saying that, Fully expected him to be the best signing of the bunch that they signed in the summer, despite all the trumpets for um, for, for Lewandowski. So he now has players. He now he has defenders who can defend in the way that 
Abidal and Puyol and Pique used to defend under Pep. But it wasn't a high line last night. It, 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 they, they sat deep when they when they had to do so. Uh, they squeezed the space. Um, and Graham, I should point out, was right. We had a, a, a difference of agreement um, the day before the game. I thought that um, stop messing around with 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 the with the back four in terms of moving Kunde and Araujo. Leave Araujo where he is alongside Christensen, and Kunde can do a job at right back. Um, and Vin- Vinicius will run into Araujo's space anyway as the right sided centre back. Um, but Graham was right. Uh, Araujo now has the. He's where well, he was described last night as kryptonite to you know Real Madrid Superman this season, um, and I think it's nine one games against games between Madrid and Barcelona when Araujo's on the pitch and obviously wasn't in the league's first class the first class going the league this season. It, the, the, it's nine one to Barcelona. Um, I think you have to ask questions about Carlo Ancelotti. Um, I know that I know our, our, our the associates have asked about uh, how Barca have improved defensively, but Carlo Ancelotti got an awful lot of. Praise, which I thought most, much of which was unworthy after the um, the Liverpool game. Um, it, it was a it was a tactical masterclass from Carlo Ancelotti. The way he changed things, nonsense. He didn't change anything. Um, Real Madrid was still sinking without trace when Vinicius dug them out of a massive hole with the moment of brilliance, and then uh, with the persistence got the second goal, and then uh, things started to change. Um, and I don't know why. I don't think he reacted last night, Carlo Ancelotti. I mean, uh, why? Why did he leave it so late to bring to bring on um, um, Alvaro Rodriguez? Yeah, um, he's now got the option with Alvaro Rodriguez showing that he can play uh, at least as a second half substitute at this level. He's now got the option to play him up top to play four two three one. Benzema plays behind him, uh, two wide players, and then you go Camavinga, Chalmany in, in a double pivot, and, and Modric and Cruz. When it's not working for them, you take them off. He didn't try that. Um, Vinicius, why not swap wings and get him to run at Baldi? If he's if he's in Araujo's pocket, then don't leave him in Araujo's pocket all night. Um, give give um, Araujo no one to mark. He's he's not. Despite Graham saying, and he's quite right that he has improved massively bring, uh, with the ball. He's still not. He's not going to hurt you with the ball. So give him no one to mark and get Vinicius running. So it, I don't think he reacted at all to Xavi's game plan, but Xavi should take an awful lot of credit for, for playing with that game plan. And I just wish after the games, when they do this, and, and they do it increasingly, and, and people start picking away at, well, you know, this isn't the sort of football that... I just wish he would say, yeah, well, man, we, what was the final score? Instead of last night, he said... I think last night he said, uh, well, yeah, we, we'd like to do more with the ball and that, but that's not all there is to football and blah, blah, blah. But they, they got the result that no one expected them to get in that game last night and and all the pressure now is, is swings back to Real Madrid because we remember they are far behind in the title race and, and Barca now have the upper hand in the in the cup semi final. Okay. And, and you know, just just before we kill this off, I think there won't be many media in in outside Spain where all our almost all our listeners come from that will underline so I, I I'm not a massive fan of Stats, stats, stats. They need to be used when they're relevant, when they help explain something. But these these do. Um, last night in a 1-0 win, and Pete talked about the the very deep block that Xavi laid on. And my catchphrase phrase was, I've never seen a Barcelona performance like that at, at Camp Nou in my time. There will have been in times pre-Croix. There will have been. But for Barcelona to go to Bernabeu, 
And for Xavi to say before the hand, we need uh, beforehand we need to control possession better. Barcelona had thirty six percent of the possession. Now that we know from years and years and years is is not poisonous. You can very easily win like that. Mourinho often did in in many of his clubs, and Cholo Simeone did uh, has been doing consistently over eleven years at Atleti. But it's an extremely unusual uh, stat for football club Barcelona. Probably since about 1988, when Cruyff took over, there have been years under Bobby Robson where possession wasn't as as valued, but they had players under Bobby Robson just kept the ball because they were fucking brilliant. 36% possession. And while Madrid had 679 passes, Barcelona had 379. And it, it was it was a little bit red, I think, of all the times football club Barcelona have suffered against teams maybe more a Mourinho team or a Cholo Simeone team, um, Roma when they, when they were beaten. It, it, it was a completely atypical um, Barcelona performance, particularly in this period of time where we're, we're getting used to Xavi the coach. People used the word pragmatic and it was exactly, exactly right. There will be different versions of Xavi, uh, Xavi's football the longer he stays there and the better tools he's got but at the moment much though I I've found it hard to keep up with and uh, to interpret and to understand often um it, it's it's been exactly right for the the tools he's got at his disposal and uh, it last night it wasn't ugly it was it was the type of red blooded testosterone fueled mental attitude that sometimes Barcelona in recent years have not only lacked, but have been savaged for, and in Europe particularly. Okay, let's take a break. We'll be back in a little bit with more questions on Barcelona and Real Madrid, but I think that'll do us for last night's match. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And we're back with a question from Lucas Prosser on Twitter. Uh, Lucas references another piece of fortune telling from our host, Graham Hunter, who in a, a record earlier this season talked in um, depth about what he thought the consequences of Casemiro's move from Real Madrid to Manchester United would be. So Lucas says, after sharing your sadness and reservations about Casemiro's move to United in the summer and the impact his loss would be to Real Madrid, how do you feel, one, Casemiro has adapted to the Premier League and two, his absence has been felt by Madrid. Graham, seeing as this was your show to begin with, why don't you pick up? Lucas, um, there are two things I want to do before giving a proper answer. One, um, this, there's been far too much um, uh, pointing at my uh, my beauty spot, spot spots and little pointing at my warts in this programme so far. So if we're going to be talking about Casemiro, I want to admit I would, and I'm going to point out another one, which is in the earliest part of this record. Uh, Pete Jensen correctly said that De Jong was outstanding in the Classico of uh, Thursday night in the semi-final, and he's been carrying a bigger torch for De Jong than even Xavi has, and therefore it's wonderful to see the Dutchman thriving in a role which he wasn't always given um, under Koeman. And while some of the things that I would exhort De Jong to augment in his game still might be pending assignments, uh, the difference he's making for Barcelona is extraordinary. And that's why my link into Casemiro is as smooth and as sweet as it is. A sort of uh, Luther Vyos type link. And um, the, the thing... Lucas, that I will admit being fundamentally wrong about is that I didn't think Manchester United were, were worthy of Zemiro. And yeah, we can do a, a Wayne and Garth, we're not worthy um, of the progress that Ten Hag has made. But m- my thousand-word lament was based upon two specific things. The loss of Casemiro. And, and Pete and I have talked about this regularly together on on this um, forum and on television, that it's just a it's just a little lonesome place. Um, again, to go to uh, Pulp Fiction, um, uh, without Casemiro in La Liga because he's a joy. It was an education uh, watching him, interviewing him. I mean, genuinely, he's one of these players from whom I, I mean, I can't. Peter speak for himself, but why he came to Spain? I came to Spain to learn. Absolutely, unequivocally, I hated the fact that training grounds were, were closed at, in, in the Premier League. I hated the fact that, um, although I felt I could run with the, with the you know, the, the punk way of life and he's a villain. No, he's not. He's brilliant. No, he's shy. You, you, can, you can describe Paul as, as, as pantomime and theatre and, and do it based only on what you see on the pitches and people say if you want to. But I really genuinely aspired to more and Spain for that in terms of where I first came here 40 years ago. It was stunning to find that they had graphed about team lineups and 
and that they had football papers dedicated to, to you know, those, I, I knew of four then, eight or nine or ten now across the country. And therefore, Casemiro fits into that category of a footballer from whom, you, about whom you had, you had to watch, you had to really try and watch him off the ball and watch the, 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 the dovetail of his decision and movement before he got onto the ball or when he arrived at a tackle space or when he arrived around the box where he's an extraordinarily good footballer. And therefore, uh, and and also, if you want to be, you can you can stand and watch how he gets away with the dark arts. His his Svengali management of referees. I mean, I grew up watching Willie Miller, um, who uh, you know ref a lot of the games that Aberdeen won, but it was that was that was through referee fear. Samiro is wow, ref. I completely understand your position on this. That 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 was Shinko. That was what goodness! What a lovely day we're having. The referee's like, "I'll kill one then, big man. You've got two or three more." And it's literally David Copperfield or or David Blaine or I don't know who the great hypnotists of of it's it's extraordinary, and therefore. Look, I didn't want to lose Casemiro from our workplace, and I thought it was doubly unfortunate because I didn't think United were ready to make proper use. And I thought that it had been inspired by the fact that he could go there at this stage of his career, questionably earn more money, and that that might be good enough for him. And instead, it's been Catholic. And, um, yeah, I'll no longer meow about the loss of Samira because you can watch him at United and it's just about as interesting and just about as entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need to add too much to all that, but um, uh, his aerial ability was always something that stood out around Madrid and, and, and it's no surprise that, you know, that that's also um, been to United's huge benefit. Um, he would have been handy last night. He probably would have scored an ugly goal to, to get the equaliser. And, and, and make it 1-1 ahead of the second leg. They have missed him. And I'm I'm starting to come round to Graham's view as well that it's going to cost them over the course of the season. I think Chalmany started brilliantly. Camavinga's been off the scale fantastic over recent weeks. Um, he's still um, someone who probably Madrid would get bet more out of him if he's not the pivot, if he's not the holding midfielder. Um um, and you know, Casemiro is is starting to be missed. There's no question about it. So um, in terms of the, I mean, they, they 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 do it. They do this well. They they get big money for these players, and you have to you have to take the downside of that, which is for a couple of seasons you're going to watch them playing very well elsewhere. Okay, let's finish our classical related Q and A with a question from socio Robert Ryan, who was watching the Figo documentary on Netflix, and says Robert. It got me thinking about players who have played for both Barcelona and Real Madrid. The original Ronaldo, but also Prozanecki, Enrique, Luis Enrique, Hadji and Michael Laudrup. Uh, Daniel Story said in the piece, no other players loved on both sides of the divide quite like Laudrup, uh, despite memorably causing 5-0 defeats for both clubs. Um, what is the perception now, asks Robert, of some of these players who have crossed the divide? So I don't know if either or both of you want to pick one. Has anybody uh, has anybody's name been stained more than others? 
Um, does anybody have a particularly great relationship with fans on both sides? Pete, of all the players that have made that, or maybe not direct move, but who have played for both teams, um, whose, whose story are you drawn to? Yeah, I'm not sure that any player has ever managed to be loved by both sides. I think even Laudrup, um, you know, the best you can probably hope for is that you'll be adored by one set and and um, the other lot will be indifferent to you. It's just impossible um, to to be loved by both sets. Uh, great to hear a mention of Prozanecki, of course, played for my team, Pompey. Um, when, he w- when he was still an absolute genius, he, he, even, you know, smoking, smoking uh, three cigarettes at half-time, and, and once uh, scored a hat-trick in a game and we didn't win it, it drew 4-4. And just the picture of him walking off the pitch with the ex- physical, the body language saying, listen, lads, I can't really do any more than that. You know, if we still... Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not only impossible. And we, it seems like we've gone a long time, Graham, without, without a player either directly or indirectly. Um, I, don't, I might be missing someone obvious, but... Um, you know, it's, it's, it seems more entrenched than ever, the fact that you, you don't go from one to the other, even even via another club. Yeah, I think it's becoming more difficult to achieve. And I think that um, there, there was a degree to which... Uh, I mean, first of all, Roberto, I, I'm willing to say that although... Um, I, was at, I was at the match when Luis Figo, I think Pete was too, when... Figo came back wearing a white shirt, having before the in those remarkable twenty days when the deal was done, having kissed the badge and and having never wanted he it wasn't his idea to move it was his agent's idea it was Florentino Perez's brilliant scheme if you've watched the documentary that should be relatively clear the thing that stands saying is that Figo's an arse <laughs> irrespective of whether he'd moved from Barcelona to Madrid. Or vice versa. He's he's just one of these people who's an arse, and at this and at that stage as well, you can add that he's a right wing arse. So I'm not saying that he deserved what was it? Um, there were bottles. There was a bicycle chain. There was a mobile phone as well as a pig. Nobody calls it the bicycle chain match. You know, it's throw one pig's head as the old joke goes. <laughs> Poor old day. Bear in mind the year it was as well. That was a bloody big mobile phone. <laughs> Yeah, it was a brick. It was a brick, and it was attached to the car that it was charging in as well. Nobody's ever proven it was David Cameron who threw the pig's head. Nobody ever has, ever. But given Figo's later political affiliation, you probably have to rule Cameron out. Um, Roberto, what was your point or my point? Is it an away point? Is it the English method? Three points at home, one point away? Isn't it, wasn't it? And good save, Neil, on Stop It. Luis Enrique Martinez, very good save. Robert, did you notice Neil just picking up there beautifully? Um, it's harder to do, Pete, isn't it? And there was, there's a much undersold story that when Florin, Florentino Perez was using his uh, new aftershave in 2000, it's called Schadenfreude. Wear it, you'll love it. And he was, he was literally bathing in Schadenfreude as Barcelona lost their shit and lost Clasco after Clasco. He went back and he went back for Puyol and Koku. And the president at that stage um, of, of Barcelona, Juan Gaspar, gave both the Boers, Koku, Clivert and Puyol. And all of this was subsequently um, 
shown in an audit of the club when Laporta and Mark England and took over that they, they gave those players gigantic wage hikes. And, and remember, this is 20 years, 23 years ago, 22 years ago. They gave them varyingly 25, 30, 40,000 euros per appearance on top of their massive wage rises. So the, the idea that either club wants to lose or can afford to lose a, a major playing asset to the other one has diminished. And R- Roberto asked about particular hatred. The, the one that stands out is, is Luis Enrique Martinez, who isn't anti-Madridista, but I know that when he signed for Madrid in the first place from Sporting Gijón, he, he only signed there because Barcelona were in for him at that stage and Madrid offered him triple the wages. So he signed for them and when he was on freedom of contract and, and Barcelona had been lining him up to come in the summer that they sacked Johan Cruyff and, and join he did, again, on, on that, that early version of a Bosman free. He seemed to just become an outright Barcelona fan. And it, 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 the, the, even though he wasn't a Catalan and even though at heart he's a bit ticked off with the club right now, Sporting Gijón for sacking his mate. At heart, he's a Sporting Gijón fan. But he played every Clásico as if he was a dyed-in-the-wool Coulet, stuck it to Real Madrid. And it, it that abiding dislike for him, uh, particularly amongst the Madrid press, cost him an awful lot when he was the Spain manager because they just wouldn't let it go. They wouldn't let it lie. So, Robert, that's what's on the end of the stick. So that's it for the first part of this month's Q&A. We'll be back with part two in a couple of days. But for now, from Pete and Graham and myself, thank you to the socios who sent in questions. And thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon. Bye-bye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.